Evidence shows that using electronic health records can increase efficiency and reduce preventable medical errors, but only if they're designed to work properly, facilitating rather than impeding the physician-patient relationship. Some criticisms have, of, of electronic health records have led some doctors in the US to call them almost unusable, including the American Medical Association president, who says that he forgoes financial incentives and does not use a, an electronic health record. Our latest head-to-head -head asks, should US physicians embrace electronic health records? My name is Richard Hurley, the BMJ's Features and Debates Editor, and I'm joined by the, some of the authors today. George A. Gellert is Associate System Chief Medical Information Officer at Christus Health in Texas, and Edward Melnick is Assistant Professor at Yale's Department of Emergency Medicine. Edward, do you see patients and do you use an EHR? Yes, I do see patients and I do use an EHR. And George, do, uh, what about you? Uh, I'm full-time working with informatics, so I'm not involved directly in patient care, but in managing the adoption of electronic health records. And our system uses all three of the leading e EHRs. Edward, it seems that EHRs are causing some debate in the U.S. Can you tell us what's going on? Sure. So the landscape for EHR adoption has really uh, accelerated quite rapidly over the last decade, uh, and it's really no mistake that that happened. Um, actually, it was George W. Bush who identified the need um, more than 10 years ago to uh, go electronic to address uh, the epidemic of iatrogenic uh, medical errors that were leading to um, morbidity and mortality throughout our health system. Given the time crunch to uh, go paperless, um, we probably rushed in a little too rapidly, and as a result, we're now stuck with EHRs that uh, unfortunately can be very difficult to use, uh, are quite burdensome for the clinician in terms of data entry, and um, patients are, are uh, seeing this as a result in their day-to-day -day encounters with, with uh, clinicians. Numbers available, better than 94. 3% of U.S. hospitals have adopted electronic health records. There is a big gap, however, in individual physician adoption. There still remain approximately 200,000 U.S. physicians, or one in four, who have not adopted an EHR for one reason or another. And those physicians remain unconnected, if you will, in terms of moving towards true data exchange of, of patient data on a national basis. Thanks, George. Um, the, the AMA president says he won't use an EHR, and your co-debater ha has, has mentioned some concerns about taking time away from clinical care and, and impeding the doctor-patient relationship. Why do you say, given all of that, that doctors should embrace this technology? Uh, I don't see an alternative, and I haven't heard from anyone in the literature or in our debate what is the alternative to moving down this direction. How, how can we connect uh, uh, all physicians in the country with all patients? How can we insert the space, the science, if you will, into every care decision that a physician makes? That is ultimately what EHRs offer when they are performing at their heights, which is an ability to ensure that every action taken 
uh, in the care of a patient is based on some science and not on the opinion of a physician who thinks, well, I've done it that way for 25 years and I don't really care what the literature shows. I think the views expressed by the uh, incoming AMA president uh, were personal views uh, of his use. I hope they don't reflect AMA policy. I don't believe that they do. The AMA has provided recommendations to the EHR industry for a rapid improvement in specific areas of EHRs. And this is not atypical. Um, I, I, I can't think of a technology that at its outset, its inception, was immediately greeted as the best interface and the best state of the technology, whether it be computers or mobile telephones, the automobile, take your pick. Early iterations in the technology were often crude and not a fraction uh, of the usability, elegance, and impact as uh, subsequent stages of maturation years later. I really like the uh, automobile analogy um, from, from the usability literature. There were no standards for how a, a car should work. And of course, you know, the automobile has evolved quite a bit. But from, from the usability standpoint, what's really amazing is you can, um, you know, rent a car or borrow a car and, uh, you know, how to turn the, the car on, uh, you know, where the brakes are, ignition, and so on and so forth. Uh, and so the automobile, you know, it was a complex invention over 100 years ago, but in many ways it's, it's really uh, simple in comparison to the beast and complexity of, of what is modern medicine. So you, bo you both agree uh, pretty much that, that EHRs, uh, in theory, present a whole load of advantages and benefits, but Edward, your, your concern is just that they've been implemented too quickly. Um, if you could do it again, what would you do? I think that uh, in retrospect, uh, what, you know, one of the major issues that um, should have been considered is uh, needs assessment and uh, adjustment for the needs of the end user and the amount of resources that would have gone into that I think uh, would have been really tough to predict ahead of time. Uh, one of the questions that I ask myself uh, pretty frequently is, is a desktop computer even the appropriate interface uh, for an electronic health record? Um, the desktop interface, you know, is, is um, pretty old in terms of electronic Electronics. It's been around since the late 60s. It was first uh, you know, demonstrated in 1968. So, you know, in my work, uh, something that I'm looking at is how to use tablet computers instead of desktop computers. And I know that a lot of the EHR vendors are beginning to look at this too. I just hope that uh, as they develop things for alternative interfaces, that they do consider the needs of the users uh, during the development process. George, you accept in your argument that EHRs are not yet ideally suited for implementation, but if, if, if you have a system that's impeding the doctor-patient relationship, how can you justify uh, uh, expecting doctors um, to use a sub-ideal system? How, how is that fair on patients now? Well, firstly, I don't think that that statement is supported by the evidence. I don't think there is uh, overwhelming and unequivocal evidence that EHRs are fundamentally disrupting the physician-patient relationship. I think if you ask patients 
uh, did a sample a survey uh, and asked them, would you rather have just your doctor working on paper, fully focused on you, but with no certainty that they are using science as the basis for their decisions and the actions they are completing in your care versus having that electronic health record? I suspect many would say, well, I'll just deal with the interruption. Uh, I, I can get my doctor's attention when I need to and convey what I need to, uh, but I want to be sure my doctor is, is really using science and everything we know about my disease to make the decisions about my care. I think most physicians would agree with that as well, and that's why even in the U.S. we have 75% of physicians adopting and all hospitals adopting. It wasn't just about the money. Uh, in meaningful use. It was everyone's implicit recognition that we cannot persist year over year killing 200 to 400,000 Americans in the delivery of care. It's just not sustainable morally uh, or operationally. If the aviation industry had this kind of safety record, no one would fly. So I think that all in all, there are net negatives uh, in the present state. Again, I would argue that those existed for every technology. This is a normal part of technology evolution. It's occurred in almost every other major form of technology. And unfortunately, the EHR is no exception. Thanks, George. We've, um, we've run over time a little bit, so I just want to wrap, wrap things up really now. But I just wonder, George, if you want to make any final comments, but, but perhaps you can also tell readers, how can doctors' faith in EHRs be restored? What needs to happen now? Well, I, I think that we need to take an objective overall view, uh, uh, one that is not colored by uh, emotions such as frustrations in, in, in using EHRs, and, and take a look at the big picture of what role that they are playing in the evolution of healthcare uh, in the 21st century. I think physicians um, are to be appreciated and, and frankly thanked by their patients, uh, by society at large, uh, for being, if you will, the guinea pig generation. That's a critical, critical value. So I would encourage physicians everywhere uh, to continue to be vocal about the inadequacies of today's EHR, because without the squeaky wheel, there will be no oil. Beyond that, I think uh, physicians need to ask themselves at the end of the day, given the crisis we have in terms of care-related morbidity and mortality, is my spending an extra 30 or 45 minutes a day on my charting or my order entry in an EHR? Uh, to pause and to uh, reflect on those alerts that clinical decision support is sending me, checking me, and so forth. Uh, is that not worth it to ensure that evidence really drives care and that we'll get around and get beyond this, uh, this epidemic of morbidity and mortality and start to see declines in coming years? Thanks, George. Edward, what do you think? How can doctors' faith in EHRs be restored? What, what, what should happen now? Uh, well... I, I wish I was as optimistic as my opponent. Um, you know, in terms of the literature for the actual amount of time per day outside of uh, clinical time spent uh, with the EHR, it's been quantified in the literature now as uh, closer to two hours uh, for most clinicians. Two hours that could be spent on wellness and time with, with family. I mean, in, in our country right now, we're in an epidemic of, of burnout. Um, and, of course, we have to put our patients uh, needs front and center, but I think we need to expect more 
uh, from the EHR. And in terms of the vendors, uh, my concern could be resting on their laurels and not taking their product to the next uh, level. And what that next level is, um, you know, I hope is one day something that uh, allows doctors and patients to be uh, together, again, communicating well at the bedside. My concern really is that um, the individual clinicians' voices may not be heard uh, with their frustration uh, and the ability of, of um, you know, the, the vendors to actually uh, to listen and to make those changes. I, I don't know that the incentive is really there, and that's pretty worrisome. Many thanks to George A. Gallett and Edward Melnick for joining me today. You can read the debate and a commentary online, and as ever, we'd be delighted to know what you think. So please send us a rapid response. We republish the best as formal letters to the editor. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can find other debates in our archive on SoundCloud or by subscribing to iTunes. Thanks for listening. <laughs>